Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is John Keeley and this is the podcast extension of ROI's 517th show. Our guest for today is Mark Anderson, staff archaeologist at the Sanford Museum in Cherokee, Iowa, who will be talking to us about the Sanford Museum. The history buffs joining us today are Ed Broders and Terry Toppler. Ed, why don't you start us off? Thanks, John. Uh, Mark, can you uh, discuss with us the uh, uh, size of the museum in terms of staff and also uh, the governance of the organization and uh, talk about uh, your funding stream, if you would? Sure. Uh, We're a staff of four. Uh, There's the director, the education outreach uh, director, and the art director, along with myself. Um, we operate off of a uh, endowment, as I mentioned earlier in the segment, provided by the uh, Stanford family of Cherokee. And uh, it was very nice that they established something that could function in perpetuity. Uh, we have a board of trustees, uh, three of them, and they serve essentially for as long as they wish, once appointed. And uh, we operate off the endowment left by the Sanfords with the uh, caveat that this museum shall always be uh, free and open to the public. Um, And how are the, how's the board of trustees selected? Um, I'm not exactly certain, not having been there long enough. And I I don't have that information in my notes, but there's, there's a process at which the, the current board will go through when it's time for someone to move on. There is a mechanism for doing this. Um, I've only been there for six months so far, so I haven't seen it happen. Okay. Terry. Yeah, when you're talking about the museum's founders, um, I saw on your website, which, by the way, is a wonderful website, uh, talks about the Sanford Room, uh, that it's mid-19th century and commemorates the museum's founders. Can you talk a little bit more about that, please? Yes, it has... uh, a soundtrack and music background where uh, a number of community individuals have read parts of the Sanfords at different ages. And in the room, you can see what literally was in the family home and understand what their socioeconomic position was, what they were interested in, um, how Teal Sanford grew up. Uh, yeah, you can get a little slice of a uh, real interesting uh, uh, late 1800s Americana. I didn't hear how many square feet is the museum, if I may ask, to get kind of a general <laughs> idea how large it is. That's interesting. I don't know that number. How many rooms would you guess then? Well, there are three um, exhibit rooms upstairs. Okay. Down Downstairs, we have a f- full basement. There's a uh, two main exhibit rooms uh, downstairs with a third smaller room, which is geared towards space exploration, which I have to say is really awesome because there's a low table with Lego pads. So small kids can build Lego stuff. And there are a number of spacesuits and helmets so they can get dressed up like an astronaut. Um, And it's really marvelous to see kids enjoy that. Okay. Ed, how did the Sanfords uh, make their fortune? I believe uh, Mr. Sanford, and unfortunately I I forget his name, uh, he was a banker. Okay. Terry. Yeah, so Mark, you mentioned um, about research at the museum. So if I'm a a researcher and I'd like to know about um, that area of Iowa, or just Iowa in general, 
um, what can I? Do, what are opportunities available to me um, as a researcher? Can I come in person? Can I request um, information? Uh, explain that for me, please. All of the above. Okay. Uh, we have uh, well over 120,000 artifacts maintained in our collections. Uh, we are the fourth largest repository of uh, prehistoric artifacts in the state. Uh, we uh, support research, like uh, you said, in person. I'm currently working with about five individuals who are interested in our archaeological collections, and uh, we are willing to help anyone who thinks questions or information could be gathered through our collections. Okay. Um, are you, do you work closely with any of the state uh, universities or other private colleges in the state of Iowa? Because um, in many ways, there's always that, uh, that connection between our, our educational institutions um, and it really helps out the state a lot. Do you guys have something set up like that? Absolutely, and that is absolutely critical to any museum research institution is to partner. So I left the University of Iowa after 32 years, and I still maintain very solid connections to the Office of the State Archaeologist. Uh, we also work with Iowa State, uh, with the uh, University of Northern Iowa, and a plethora of other small uh, colleges from Luther to Grinnell to Dort to others. And uh, in fact, I'm working with uh, one fellow who's retired from the University of Iowa who now lives in Colorado. So we will do it locally or we'll do it by email uh, at a distance. Uh, do you also work with other universities outside the Iowa borders? Yes, Augustana, uh, University of South Dakota, University of Nebraska, um, the Nebraska State Historical Society, um, Minnesota. Yes, we, we work with anyone and everyone who wants to work with us. That's Augustana, South Dakota, right? Yes. We yeah. have an Augustana across the river here in, in the Quad City, so I wanted a point of clarification. <laughs> Thank you. If anyone is there that is interested in the collections we have, I'm available. All right, we'll have to talk to our producer and get Ambrose hooked up. Um, Ed. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit, Mark, um, uh, at the time that the Crawford site uh, was active uh, as the, you know, first settled, uh, one of the first settled sites in Iowa, uh, I remember my first agronomy class at Iowa State. And you had 29 later, right? Uh, that was, it was a, I think, yeah, it was a three credit class. Okay. <laughs> I can't remember. I don't think there was a lab for that. But, right. <laughs> but anyway, they were, and they were some of the hardest tests I ever took because there were multiple choice, multiple answer. So wow. zero, wow. zero to five. That's a devilish prof. Unless <laughs> if you, but if you think it through, it's just a series of 500 true false questions. Uh, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> yes, you but, do. <laughs> as I said, <laughs> as I said, one of the first things I learned in that class was the original survey of uh, much of North Central Iowa was that it was almost un that was most of it was unfit not just for agriculture but largely for human occupation because of mosquitoes. Yet it was rife with wildlife. Um, where does Cherokee sit? Uh, the Little Sioux Valley, or the Crawford site, where does that sit in relation to that Clarion-Nicolette-Webster soil lobe? 
it sits outside to the west. Um, and what we have learned since whenever uh, is that the Des Moines lobe, the recently glaciated portion of Iowa, was full of people. They lived on the drainages. They ventured into the uplands in the summertime for all sorts of resource procurement activities. Perhaps not the population load you see in the rest of Iowa, but a very dynamic place throughout all of the 13,000 plus years that we know people have been here. Okay. Terry. Yeah, Mark, you mentioned that the museum opened in 1951. Um, but when was uh, the actual town of Cherokee founded, and what immigrants uh, came to Cherokee? Uh, it was founded, I believe, in the late 1870s, just about the time that the railroads arrived, and that's not uncommon. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure what the ethnic makeup of Cherokee is. Uh, initially, it would have been Western Europeans, um, and a large population of Germans, Danes, Scandinavians, uh, others who came here for farming. Okay. Um, it is customary for us to give our guests the last word on the show. Mark, why do you think knowing about the Sanford Museum is relevant in today's world? <clears throat> okay, it's often said that the victors write history, and I would like to say that's just not true. Uh, the people who lived it write history. And the Sanford Museum is a collection of the history of Northwest Iowa. It's the artifacts, the stories, the pictures, all of our collections that talk about everyone from 13,000 on to the Euro-American immigration. And it's collective and it's there for everybody to see and to use and to enjoy. Okay. Uh, Ed, why do you think the Stanford Museum is relevant in today's world? Well, as a history buff, the answer to that is obvious. But you're um, but you're not a major, so I want to clarify. No, well, no, I, I, I could have had enough agronomy credits for a minor, but my, I didn't have much of. As far as academic advising, I really didn't have much support. Um, but it but I think it is interesting to uh, to learn how even during the same time period, thousands of years ago, how things differed between what we know of here in southeast Iowa and compared to northwest Iowa, where the stone, the soil or the uh, topography is much, much older. Yes. The, the, base, the bedrock is much, much older than it is here. Terry. And I also believe, too, it's very relevant today because there's so much educational programming going on there. Um, I mean, it's it's just a a gold mine for us to bring our children and our grandchildren to explore um, the hands-on exhibits and to see so many things that we might not know originally about the founding of Iowa. And my 36 senses, I think it's relevant because of the diversity. I mean, you have an institution that has a planetarium, mm -hmm. which, you know, is definitely one very important and relevant subject of study. And then you have it going in multiple different directions and uh, that's a you got to have you have to have institutions like that that can kind of take people and try to say that this is one big picture with many many different layers to study. Um, we would like to thank our guests for the 517th show, Mark Anderson, staff archaeologist at Sanford Museum in Cherokee, Iowa, who talked to us about the Sanford Museum. The history bus for today's show were Ed Broders and Terry Toppler. 
ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA Radio or on the web at TuneIn.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. You can also find ROI on your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded on station KALA, St. Ambrose University.